Emily, you feel good about it? Yeah. Good. You like looking at yourself? Yes. Are you the prettiest baby ever? Yes. That's right. Are you the smartest baby ever? Yeah. Can you say, I'm so smart? I'm so smart. I'm so brave. I'm so brave. And I'm beautiful. I'm beautiful. And I could do anything. I could do anything. And That's I, right. And I love daddy more than mommy. I love daddy and no, mommy. just kidding. <laughs> no, I tricked you. Give me a kiss. Mm, guys, so cute. And welcome to a new episode of Hot Marriage Cool Parents. I am joined here by no one. I will be doing the intro today just because Jamie is actually out looking for houses in Sarasota with Henley and I am home at work. So I figured I would get through the introduction. There's a lot actually happening through Florida. Jamie and I are actually thinking about going home early because of the whole coronavirus. And if you haven't heard of coronavirus, you are not living on the planet Earth. I actually just got a message from my work saying that employees are encouraged to work remote if they can, which is kind of a scary, scary thought. This whole thing started as something that was international and not so much in the United States, but it seems to be growing and growing and growing. And it is scary to know that you could be around somebody and then a couple of weeks later, all of a sudden you have this coronavirus and the fact that it can hit you afterwards, just it leaves such a gray area because you won't know where it came from. You won't know who you got it from. You don't know where, especially if you're traveling. And, you know, now that Jamie and I and, and Henley, we're going to be introducing a new baby into the world come May. I think it might be time to get back to New Jersey, to settle in in New Jersey, get the rest of the house prepared, get the room prepared, but also make sure that we're not going to be stuck in Florida. That's an even scarier thought. Once they started to shut down some international flights and, and you know, from Europe, and based on the news, it looks like that they may even cut off some flights to Washington or California, because I guess those are hot spots now for coronavirus. My parents were saying that there's been a couple cases in New Jersey, so it is getting very close to home. And being down in Florida, the fact that they're shutting down Disney is also another telling sign. So we're going to take this as a sign and really try to get home. I don't really think that it's worth the risk to stay here for another week. And I think Jamie's kind of on board with that. She's becoming more and more pregnant, obviously, and, and she's starting to be affected just by tiredness and just being pregnant. So I don't know if we're going to be in Florida for too much longer. So we're going to be spending this last weekend in Sarasota and going balls to the wall looking for a house. Jamie already messaged me a couple times saying, this is it, this is it, this is it. So we'll see. Hopefully we can find something and put an offer in and you know, then kind of relax for this last week that we're going to be here. We're supposed to be here for another two weeks, but things are starting to point to us leaving Florida. So I didn't really get the severity of it until you start going to the store and seeing that you can't buy any hand sanitizer. I think even on Amazon, there was none. Everything is sold out. It's a great product to be selling. Um, for anybody that is in the hand sanitizer business, I mean, this is crazy. This is really, really crazy. And, you know, it's made me more aware of washing our hands no matter what. It's also made me aware of washing Henley's hands and just not wanting to touch things. 
I want to make sure that we can get home before more craziness starts to happen. But the podcast will live on and we will continue to give you an update on us. And today we have a very, very special guest, someone that most of you should know, uh, a lot of our friends. And this was also a couple that had stood the test of time of Married at First Sight. We're going to have Danielle Dodd from season seven. So Danielle and Bobby both had stayed together. They were a couple that was always a 10 out of 10. It almost seemed like it was that instant love, instant connection, instant chemistry. And this couple really did put in the work and they were ready to be married and they were ready to be with each other. They welcomed the baby girl into the world and she's doing good. But Danielle also shares the health scare that she got. I mean, it was a close to death experience with this help syndrome, which we're going to talk way more about, but also we're going to get her thoughts on the new season of Married at First Sight, which these couples are probably going to be the most talked about couples. There are so many extremes and it's so much fun to watch. And if you haven't checked it out yet, I definitely recommend this season because it is ups and downs and frustrations and every emotion that you would want to see in reality TV. But I just got a text message from Jamie saying that she feels we have narrowed the choice of house down to two. One that she absolutely loves. The inside, she sent me pictures and videos of both. The house that she just sent to me, uh, and she seems pretty sure of, which I'm going to have to go out and, and take a look for myself, but it has the full white interior. It's got a little lagoon in the back. It's It seems like every house that we're looking at here in Florida is sort of a ranch style. There's not many that are that are two floors, uh, except for if you're in a townhouse or a condo. But this house doesn't have a fence. It doesn't have a pool. But the inside is completely modern. If you could imagine all whitish gray flooring, all white cabinets, silver handles. It has four rooms, which is actually awesome. Or if we have people down or if we're going to be renting it out, obviously, with it with to Airbnb it. But it does look like it has three different levels. Uh, when you go through the front door, there's a little step down to get to kind of like the living room area. And then it's a wide open floor plan. But then there's another step down that you have to take to get to the back of the house where they have the dinner table. And then off to the side, there's the bedrooms. But from the video and the picture that she showed me, it's right up Jamie's alley with everything white and everything pristine. So I'm going to have to go check that out. The house that I really, really loved was this this house that has the worst color front paint in the world. It's like a Home Depot orange on the outside. It's a corner house and a wraparound driveway. It kind of has an open floor plan. It has a pool. It has a lanai, which I finally learned what a lanai actually is. It has three bedrooms. It has a two-car garage, which is apparently a big selling point. And come to think of it, most of the houses that we've been looking at only had one, a one-car garage. So two-car garage, which is a bonus. This house is also within that school zone that Jamie absolutely loves. Uh, I forget what the name is, but it's a 10 out of 10 four schools. Apparently it's one of the best high schools or best school districts that you can be in in the country. But this house literally checks off all of the boxes. It has a pool. It has updated appliances. It can be move-in ready. It has a lanai. 
It's three bedrooms, two bathrooms. It's got a full master bedroom where it has the uh, the bathroom and the shower, and it also has an outdoor shower right from there. But the house opens up. It's got two uh, double sliding glass doors, one from the master bedroom and then one from the kind of like a living room where they both open up and you have a view of the pool and it makes it seem so open. And off to the other side of the house where the living room is, it has two other bedrooms, which are it kind of like separates the home. It has a fireplace. I just, I really love this home. It was one that I walked in and said, this is it. My concern is we're getting to the end of our time here and I don't want to get stuck here. So I don't know if we're going to pursue getting a house now that I think about it. It's kind of tough. If we're in the last couple of weeks, we may leave early because of this coronavirus. And I don't know if we can stay here. Uh, even if we do put an offer in on the house, it'll most likely start to happen after we're gone. You know, if we put in an offer and they accept, we have to think about being here for the inspection, being here for the closing, having to sign paperwork. I don't know if you can do all of that remote. And we're really getting to the time where Jamie won't be able to travel in a month or two months. So we are going to have to see. The house in New Jersey, I remember it taking a little over two months before we put in the offer and then we can actually move in. So by that time, Jamie's going to be fully pregnant and, you know, we're two months away from having this this baby. So I don't know if we're going to be able to put in an offer on a house, but if we do, I'm really pushing hard for this Home Depot orange house. And Jamie apparently found another one. Um, she keeps sending me videos of this uh, in the backyard. There's a nice lagoon. It actually does look like a serene sort of landscape. Um, in the back, there's not neighbors. It's just kind of like this little creek, which, you know, my immediate thought is, okay, so alligators, that's what you're saying. And we have seen all different types of houses, new, old, fixer-uppers. We were thinking either let's get something that's going to be a fixer-up uh, or let's get something that's move-in ready because we won't have time to do anything. We won't have time to really get all of our resources together and furnish and do this like that. We'd be taking too many trips down in Florida to make that happen. So if we find something that's turnkey, it would cost a little bit extra, but it's a lot less work before we prepare the house to rent out. If we get a fixer-upper, it's going to be less and it'll be kind of right in a, a really good price range where then we can do the work but that would require us to actually be in florida so i don't know we're gonna we're gonna have to talk once jamie gets back and for sure we're gonna keep you guys up to date with everything uh, because we always have been and the reason why we came down to florida was to find a place to invest in to buy a home that we can turn around in airbnb but also have a place to stay while we're down here and this would be a wasted trip if we didn't give it our all to find something. And it's been a lot of work. It hasn't been a vacation. We haven't had any time off, which is crazy to think about because we're down in Florida. We're right next to Disney. We have all of this time and weekends to be able to enjoy ourselves. But every weekend so far, we've been looking for a house. Um, I was hoping that we'd find a house early in our trip. And then each week from there on out, we'd be able to kind of enjoy ourselves. But 
Jamie had been away for the first three weekends and then with Unfiltered and Married at First Sight. And then we traveled out to film uh, Where Are They Now for the Mar- Married at First Sight special that we're doing. And every weekend we've been house hunting. Now that I think about it, we haven't really even had a day off since we've been in, in Florida, which is crazy to think about. I've been working during the week. Jamie's been working during the week. Thankfully, my job lets me work remote, and, and I was able to ship my whole workstation out to the townhouse that we're staying at because I always work with three different monitors, and I do software sales, so I could do everything remote. Yeah, but it also just means that we haven't had time. It's been a regular regular work week for us. So hopefully we find something, hopefully that they don't have a coronavirus ban on travel. I'm sure that we're going to try to find some more toilet paper and anti hand sanitizer and antibacterial because every store has been sold out completely. Even Amazon has been out of stock of hand sanitizer. And for a lot of people, the scariest thing is just how many people are now just washing their hands after going to the bathroom or after turning a handle or not shaking hands. It's like, where has the care and attention to washing your hands been for your entire life? It's like you're watching parents that are, it's almost like they're just teaching their kids for the first time how to wash their hands. Um, I'm just hoping that maybe there's going to be a new form or universal form of greeting somebody because it seems like this handshake is international it's like the the standard hello greeting formal informal it's you know we've gotten past a high five everybody now handshakes no matter what country you're in i almost would rather see kind of the universal sign or or greeting be a bow i would love to give a a bow you know like how i think it's in uh, Japan or or Asia where they give a bow, I would rather do that than shake hands. Um, you know, I I like fist bumping. I, I'd rather hug, honestly, than handshake. I, I have no idea where your hands have been, but I'm going to say it here first. I think that as a world, the planet Earth should adopt bowing instead of handshaking from now on. I know a firm handshake is good at an interview, when you first meet someone or as a guy meeting your girlfriend's father for the first time, you want to give a firm handshake. Well, now I want everyone to adopt the bow. I want to bow from now on. And I don't know how far you're supposed to go down for a bow or if there's a crummy bow, which I think was actually an episode on Curb Your Enthusiasm. But if everybody just starts to bow and not touch anything, I think we'll be able to get rid of the coronavirus. Uh, it's becoming scarier and scarier and I just want to be home. It may, this makes me just want to be back in New Jersey and give us a good solid month to get ready for our baby. I want to make sure that everything is set up in our house. I don't want to get stuck here. I would hate for us to have to drive home, which I would rent a car immediately and drive home. There would be no question about it. Jamie and I have spoke about this. We do not want to have our baby in Florida. We will if we have to, obviously, but we want to avoid that at all costs. But anyway, one of the things that Jamie and I like to do each week is to give a five-star review shout out. So this week comes from 
H-A-Y-E-U-X-G, thinking that it's probably pronounced Hayu. Well, maybe it's that. But it says, great podcast. You guys keep it real. I would just like to comment on your most current episode about postpartum depression. I feel like all the classic signs were touched on, but not a typical one. I had no idea what I was dealing with was postpartum depression. My daughter was nine months old and I didn't ever have any bad feelings or connection problems with my baby. When my doctor screens you, those are the classic questions they ask, which need to be asked, but also other ones like, are you obsessed with small things? Do you like to hang out with friends? Do you want to leave your house? Do normal things like grocery shopping and other errands seem overwhelming? And so forth. Just some thoughts I had while listening to this podcast. And thank you so much, Hey You, for the five-star review. And keep in mind, we love hearing from you. It's a great way to reach out to us. You can also download the Himalaya app, which gives you the ability to organize all of your podcasts. Plus, it's free. Plus, you can get Hot Marriage Cool Parents right on the Himalaya app and leave comments after each and every episode, which is great. But before we bring Danielle on, which I really, really enjoyed this interview, I think, you know, once you have a chance to speak with someone for more than 10 minutes, you always get a lot of good thoughts, things that you don't know. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear the Danielle Dodd interview because I really had a good time and I think she did too. But before we get to Danielle, I just wanted to give an update on our pregnancy. So we mentioned last episode that it was very difficult for Jamie to actually schedule a doctor appointment every single place just to even get a scan, to even get an ultrasound, hear the baby's heartbeat. Every care place and every doctor, every OBGYN said, no, well, if you're not going to deliver with us, then, you know, we can't see you. We can only see patients that are going to be here, which was really frustrating because the, finally the doctor that we did find was about a 35 to 40 minute drive just to get there. But we were obviously willing to make the trip because we haven't heard our baby in a while. And Jamie's been getting a lot of Braxton Hicks, which I don't understand, but I know that it kind of stops her in her tracks and she gets really nervous. And rightfully so, we both have been kind of guarded this whole pregnancy and each pregnancy so far after our late son, Jonathan, it's been tough to try to get really, really excited. But we're seeing the kicks. There's obviously a belly there. And when we went to the doctor, everything looked great, which was awesome. It was such a breath of fresh air. It was kind of like a weight lifted off of your shoulders. And, you know, I've been trying to keep a very strong, positive face on, but we're getting towards the end and I just want everything to go right. You know, you always expect for the best, but this last visit, making sure that, you know, she doesn't have any glucose tolerance, making sure that the baby's heartbeat is okay and regular. And we got such good news and it makes it a little bit more real each and every time we get closer to the baby's due date, which now that we may be going home soon, I'm excited to actually get the room final and set up everything. And I don't think we really need to go shopping for anything more. We have a ton of clothes that were hand-me-downs. We have a lot of stuff that we can reuse from Henley. So some of the toys and some of the other rock and play and pack and play or whatever they call those things. But I'm just so excited to meet my son, to bring my son into the world. I started to have some feelings of almost, I don't want to call it sadness, but you know, I was playing with Henley the other day and I was thinking, you know, well, 
I don't want her to ever feel like we're giving her less attention. And around other kids, she does get protective over us. You know, my daddy, my mommy, and she'll like stand in between the kids and us. But it's going to be an interesting time bringing a baby boy into the world. And I know that Henley's going to be a great big sister. I mean, she's starting to care and nurture all of her dolls. She even kisses them goodnight. She tucks them in. It's really the cutest thing that you could ever see coming from a two and a half year old. I mean, I just want her to feel the same love that she's always felt when her baby brother comes in. That's the thing that I'm looking forward to the most is how is Henley going to react? What's life going to be like once we have a family of four with a dog? And it's weird to say because I just want this kid to pop out already, but not too early. I definitely don't want him to come too early, but Jamie has been making some big changes as far as her diet. She's been eating a lot healthier. She's been gluten-free, sugar-free, dairy-free. So I commend her for sticking to her diet because she started to feel very, very tired. And she says that it's probably because of gluten. And she has a thyroid thing going on, but I'm really proud of her that she just can flip a switch like that and say, no, I'm going to start to eat healthy which in turn also helps Henley eat healthy. And part of my morning routine is I have a perfect bar protein every single morning. And once I found out that the same makers of the perfect bar had these perfect kid snacks, it's been a game changer. Henley sometimes gets very, very picky in the morning with what she wants to eat, whether she's going to be too tired or cranky. She never, ever turns down a perfect kid's bar, the peanut butter. So these are the fresh from the fridge snack bars. They're made from organic peanut butter. They have eight organic superfoods and eight grams of whole food protein. So these are handpicked for kids, nutritional. They also have a cookie dough-like texture that I love, that Henley loves. And she honestly, anytime she sees it, she goes, I want the protein bar. I want the cookie bar. I want the protein peanut butter. She literally says that, but as a parent, I don't always eat the healthiest, but I know that I do eat healthy when I have a perfect bar. And as a parent, I can feel good about giving Henley a perfect kid's bar because they're organic, non-GMO, project verified, gluten-free, soy-free, kosher-free, and have a low GI. I mean, they are the perfect snack to make your kid a perfect kid. I don't know if it actually makes your kid a perfect kid, but Right now, Perfect Bar is offering 15% off your entire online order. Just go to perfectbar.com slash HMCP. You can shop their refrigerated snacks. My favorite is the dark chocolate chip. I also love the peanut butter one. You can shop their refrigerated snacks at perfectbar.com slash HMCP today and get 15% off your order. Go to perfectbar.com slash HMCP to stock up and save 15%. Something that started before Henley was born and while Jamie was pregnant with Henley was just both of us being more aware of what we were putting in our bodies, what we were putting on our bodies. And we've mentioned this before, but we both use native deodorant and we've really never looked back. It's a all natural formula. It's made without parabens, without aluminum, which actually plugs your sweat glands and prevents you from sweating, which can't be good. But it's also vegan and never tested on animals. And it's made with all natural ingredients like coconut oil and shea butter. And for something that you wear every single day, you should be able to understand what the ingredients are that you're putting on your body. Plus, having a newborn and a baby, 
we want to make sure that we're doing everything possible to keep everyone safe. And Native comes in a wide variety of options for men, women, and teens. There's an unscented option and baking soda-free formula for those that have sensitive skin. And also Native is relaunching their toothpaste line, which is a blend of naturally derived cleansers, flavors, whiteners to deliver a great brushing experience without the trade-offs of other natural toothpastes. They have two minty flavors. I mean, this does it all. It whitens teeth, it freshens breath, it's enamel safe, and prevents cavities. For anyone that wants to give all natural deodorant a try, all natural toothpaste, definitely check out Native. You can get 20% off your first purchase when you go to nativedeodorant.com and use promo code HMCP during checkout. That's 20% off your first purchase. Visit nativedeodorant.com and use promo code HMCP. nativedeodorant.com, promo code HMCP for 20% off. And for those of us that are not pregnant, I'm sure you've heard of the benefits of CBD and it's almost on every sign now in every store, but just know that not all CBD is created equal. And something that my dad quickly found out was hemp fusion is what works with him the best when it treats for stress, sleep, energy, because hemp fusion is CBD plus omegas plus turpins, plus other natural ingredients to help you feel 100%. My dad uses this for some back aches, and he also has trouble with his leg when he walks for a while. Our body naturally makes cannabinoids, which is the plant-based CBD, and it helps us balance out our body. Hemp fusion, combined with these other natural ingredients and nutrients, actually enhances the positive effects of the CBD. And it also adds up to be a better product, and Hemp Fusion is available both online and at a natural products retailer near you. If you've wanted to try CBD, highly recommend Hemp Fusion. You can actually use our promo code HMCP for 20% off your first order and free shipping at hempfusion.com. That's promo code HMCP. You can get Hemp Fusion shipped anywhere in the U.S. and it's free shipping. So again, 20% off your first order, hempfusion.com. Use the promo code HMCP. And now I think it's about that time to bring on Danielle Dodd to tell us a little bit about her, her husband, life after married at first sight, but also the absolute horrific and terrifying near-death experience with this HELP syndrome that she experienced having her child. I had no idea what it was, which I was happy to get some time with Danielle. So she's going to tell us all about it. So let's bring Danielle on. So today we have a very special guest that you all asked for, Danielle Dodd. Danielle is from the seventh season of Married at First Sight and is one of the few that is married and has a kiddo. However, Danielle's birth story is much different than most. She suffered unexpectedly from HELP syndrome, which we'll certainly get into, and is a survivor. She's here to tell us all about it and share her feelings on the new season of Married at First Sight. So Danielle, welcome to Hot Marriage, Cool Parents. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes. And does Bobby not like Hot Marriage Cool Parents? Is that why he's not on? He is stuck traveling for work. I'm sure he'd probably much rather be doing this. (laughs) 
It's okay because both of our spouses aren't here. Jamie's not on because uh, apparently she's pregnant and tired all the time. So she can't join us today, but it's going to be Danielle and I. So Danielle, maybe catch us up a little bit on where you and Bobby are, any major changes. I know obviously having a child, but maybe if you want to give everybody an update on where you guys are in life. Yeah, I mean, I think where we probably left off when we did Happily Ever After, we had just put our house up for sale and sold pretty quick within the first couple of days. So we moved a little bit farther out of the downtown Fort Worth area and just been living life. We moved in right before Olivia was born and now she's here and I guess it's already been a year, which is crazy. Time has really just flown by. I know. You guys are planning on having more children? Yeah, we'd like to. It took us a little bit to get over (laughs) the (laughs) events from Olivia's birth. I think that now we've put a little bit of distance behind it. We've definitely decided, you know, Bobby wants to try for his boy. So yeah, we'll get there. Well, I'll tell him you have to just have boy in your head the whole time because that's what I did. And I wished a boy, I wished a boy and it turned out to be a boy. So you never know. You just think really masculine thoughts the whole time. The whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Which is hard for me because I have a lot of feminine thoughts, but we came out with a boy. But that's so exciting. And as far as work goes, you and Bobby are still with the same companies that you were when you were on the show? I decided to stay home. I know that was like a huge hot topic. It was really important to Bobby. And I was really up in the air until, you know, we actually had Olivia. And I think at that point, it was just pretty clear I didn't want to go back. So I'm staying home. Bobby got a new job. He actually gets to work from home. He travels part of the time, but the rest of the time he actually is here. So it's a good balance. Yeah, I mean, taking care of a child is a full-time job, especially for a mom. Yeah, sometimes I feel like it would be easier to go to work when I get like a paid lunch, you know, you get to take an hour where you can relax or do errands, (laughs) things like that. But I think either way, it's definitely tough, so. Yeah, for sure. What would you say the biggest hurdle was after the show stopped filming and after Happily Ever After, the transition just to kind of like regular life? Man, it was just like such a relief, you know, all we had really ever known was filming our entire married life. So it was just crazy to be completely done with the cameras. But it also is like, what are we going to do with all this free time? (laughs) So we filled that with, you know, planning for Olivia at that point. But it was definitely nice. Him and I, you know, I think it was like seven or eight months pregnant when we went out to eat. And we're like, this is the first time we've ever like gone out in public, just him and I like no (laughs) cameras, you don't have to worry about hiding because the show's going to air soon, all that. So it was nice to just get out, both of us. But it had been a long time coming before we ever even got to that point. Yeah, as far as you two as a couple, on the show, you guys were notorious for being 10 out of 10. And (laughs) I think it kind of just was blown way out of proportion. But I think everybody wants to know, have you guys argued yet? Yes, definitely. I I don't think there's anything in particular that stands out. I think we get really annoyed with each other off and on. You know, I'll get annoyed with him over things or he'll get annoyed with me. And especially with him working from home now, we're together like 24-7. So it's like a whole new, you know, set of parameters that we have to work with. And yeah, we had to learn how to argue much later than I think probably other couples. But we have definitely had our fair share of arguments. Yeah, I noticed that when you're on the show and when you're filming, you're kind of forced to talk about every feeling that you have and you have to repeat it over and over and over again. And it's tough to keep up that momentum after the cameras are gone, after the experts are gone, and it really does test your communication. I mean, was it tough for you guys or was it an easy transition after the show? Um, I 
don't feel like it was tough because we had such forced communication for so long. I mean, we filmed like the first six, seven months we were married <laughs> yep. and we learned a lot. And so I think that has really helped set a good foundation. So even though we argue now or we get really frustrated with each other, I think that we have really kind of found a way to work through that. Like we can say, I'm really frustrated with you because... I would have done things this way or I can't stand that you did things this way. And the other person's like, okay, well, let me tell you why I'm frustrated with you. <laughs> it definitely has helped. I think it, had we not have had expert guidance, we wouldn't have been as well off as we have been. Yeah. I don't know if Jamie and I would have been able to work through some of the challenges that we had and even leading up to Henley, but then life just changes and everything changes once you have a child. For sure. Yeah, which I'm sure you guys know. And I know that you've recently opened up about your birth story. And I was wondering if you could tell everyone kind of what happened. I think a lot of our listeners may never have heard it about HELP syndrome because I've never heard of it either. I had never heard of it until I got to the hospital. I mean, I had, I don't want to say an easy pregnancy, but it wasn't necessarily, I never had any known issues. I was pretty sick almost every single day while I was pregnant. But other than that, I actually had very good reports every time I went in. They take your urine sample mm -hmm. and, you know, your blood pressure and all that. And it was perfect up until my 39th week. I went in that morning and got tested my urine sample came back great. My blood pressure was a little bit higher. It wasn't necessarily high for a normal person, but it was just high for me. And so the nurse had made a comment like, hmm, your blood pressure is a little high, but I'm not going to worry. Everything else is good. Set me on my way. Right. And then just later that afternoon, evening, I started feeling weird. It's hard to describe. Thinking back now, I can recognize more of the symptoms, but it felt like indigestion, you know, in the middle of your chest where you have that really bad burning, gassy feeling. Sure. And wasn't really out of the ordinary for a pregnant person, except for I couldn't lay down. It got much worse when I laid down. And so, you know, Bobby's sound asleep. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> sitting up in bed like, gosh, I cannot wait, you know, one more week to go. Right. And it got to the point where it was just unbearable. So I got in the shower because I couldn't stop throwing up. And Bobby ended up calling the doctor who said it was time for me to just go in and get checked out. We headed mm -hmm. to the ER that night, and it took them a long time to figure out what was going on. We were probably there an hour or two, and they had originally diagnosed me with severe preeclampsia. What and is then, that? So it has to do with your blood pressure. When your blood pressure just gets really, really high, it really stresses you out and then the baby. Okay. And at that point of diagnosis, they had already given me quite a bit of pain medicine. So okay. it was mainly Bobby that was comprehending <laughs> a lot of this. And later on, I was diagnosed with help. And I, I honestly don't remember at what point in the night that was. Right. They had told Bobby. I don't think that it was ever communicated to me. But basically what that is, is it's in the family of preeclampsia. It's much more severe form where your blood platelets lower and that's what causes your blood to clot so right. once they get pretty low your blood will stop clotting and so you could lose a lot of blood that way your blood pressure heightens and then your liver functions are starting to decrease and aye, so aye, aye. once all of those things came back they were able to diagnose me with help but like i said i don't remember at what point in the night that was i think bobby was the one that was getting all this information so your blood pressure and this feeling, was that new to like that day or had you had high blood pressure in the past? I have never had blood pressure issues ever in my whole life. And up until that day, which was right at the 39 week mark, it was slightly elevated, but it right. was nothing that anybody was concerned about. They sent me home and I made an appointment for the next week and 
that was that. So it was definitely surprising. Ay, ay, ay. And it just kind of all came on just that same day? Same day, yeah. Within, I mean, I can definitely now see how the progression during that day it had slowly probably progressed over many, many hours. But sure. I had no idea that it wasn't a normal, I'm just really pregnant feeling. Yeah. Did they say it was caused by anything? I don't think anybody knows what causes it. There's been some correlation or some thought that it has to do with your placenta not developing correctly or providing enough nutrients. I'm not quite sure. I know it has to do with the placenta, but Mm -hmm. out of all the research in 2020, they still don't actually know what causes it. So while you're hearing this, are they also saying that this is potentially harmful to the baby? So at that point, no, I actually felt pretty calm. Olivia actually was assigned her own specialist. And so a neuro something, I don't even remember her title. (laughs) She had come in and they had actually gone in and placed a separate monitor right on Olivia's scalp. So they could actually test her stress levels during delivery. The concern was because my blood was not clotting, they were really trying to avoid a C-section. Oh my God. And so after being induced, they had thought that it was going to be best to just monitor her. And of course, if she got stressed out, they would have to go the C-section route. But we were all trying to avoid it at that point. And luckily we did. So is this potentially fatal, right? Yes. Well, anything where your blood's not clotting, but did you get to that point where things were getting worse and worse? Yes, things definitely got worse. I know at one point the hospital had ordered quite a bit of blood for transfusions. Now, hearing everybody else's story, I think that I definitely got lucky. There's a lot of other people that have had it much worse than I have, and I didn't know at the time quite how bad it was, but the doctor had come in a couple days later while I was still in the hospital and said that she had estimated if we waited about four hours later to make our hospital trip that she didn't think that either myself or Olivia would have made it. Oh my God. It's just got to rack your brain when when you hear things like that, but it also does make you kind of thankful for everything. And we're so happy that you made it through okay. I mean, that is scary. It definitely took a long time. I'm somebody that kind of comprehends things late anyway. So, you know, I've told the story a million times, but it took me months and months and months for me to really realize quite how serious it was. And I do feel very lucky. I've heard now, since I've been able to tell my story, I've gotten a lot of people that have reached out that have had friends or family members that weren't as lucky. And so we definitely feel very blessed. So, I mean, is this something that stays with you? Is it something that you'll have to always keep an eye on? So the doctor said no, but in doing a lot of research, there's a lot of correlation. I don't think there's any proven lasting effects, but there's definitely a lot of correlation with your liver is severely affected during that time. So there's a lot of people that have assumed or are starting to make the connection between having help syndrome and maybe later autoimmune disorders down the road. So that's definitely just something that I'll look out for, but there's nothing proven. I think the only thing is we just have to worry about whether it's going to happen again in subsequent pregnancies. Yeah. Does it only happen with pregnancies? Yes. Oh, wow. It's less than 1% of all U.S. pregnancies. Wow. You're in an elite group. Yeah. I don't know that (laughs) I'd like to be in this group, but I'm initiated into the club. I can't imagine how scary that was for both of you. And, And how did Bobby handle it? Bobby did really good. I think that he was really strong. You know, whenever he was in the room with me, I really had no idea that he was even rattled. He left the room a lot. His parents came to the hospital to be there for him. Later on, he said, you know, anytime he had to break down or was getting upset or when he left the room to call my mom, all of those happened outside of the room. So I didn't even know really what the extent of that was until after. 
Yeah. Anybody that has watched your season and has been following you guys, I mean, you're probably the cutest couple on Married at First Sight. And I just think you both complement each other. And that sounds exactly like what Bobby would do. I'm just glad that everything's okay and, you know, prayers moving forward. Thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, is there any way to prevent it with the next birth? I don't know. There's no 100% proven method, but baby aspirin has been correlated or I don't know if it's been proven, but I know that that's something that has been recommended for people with preeclampsia in general. Take a baby aspirin every day during your pregnancy. The doctor will let you know when it's a good time to start and that has been known to help prevent it from happening. So I think that's really the only thing. Wow. Well, I really appreciate you sharing that. And I know that, yeah, some of the listeners, I'm sure, will be able to reach out, especially if anybody has heard of this. Is there any message or anything that you want people to know about HELP syndrome? I mean, I think just listening to your body. And if you think that even the slightest thing is not right, it's important to just go get checked out. And don't worry about what other people think or, you know, causing commotion or putting people out. It really is the most important thing to just make sure you're okay. Yeah. Well, transitioning into a lighter topic, your beautiful daughter, Olivia. Yeah. What is the best part about being a mom? Man. It's the Um, toughest question ever. You would think it'd be the easiest question. I mean, everything about it is great. It's such a hard, exhausting job, but especially now, you know, she's gotten to that toddler age where you're watching her just take things in and learn and grow. Yeah. Is she more like you or more like Bobby, would you say? Man, that's hard. I think probably me. She's very independent in a lot of ways. She definitely likes to be with me, but she likes to do her own thing a lot of the time too. And I heard that that's how I was when I was little. Gotcha. Well, I know that everybody loves watching you guys grow as a couple and as a family. And we have to talk about the new season of Married at First Sight. Because yes, you and Bobby are also one of the couples that participates on Couples Couch. So I want to get your thoughts on the couples and predictions moving forward. Oh, my gosh. Okay. (laughs) Well, we can start couple by couple. So. I'll start with the easiest one, Austin and Jessica. I think they're going to make it the long run. A lot of people say that they remind them of Bobby and I, and we think that too, especially watching like the weddings when they're taking the pictures afterwards and the way that they're joking with each other and getting along. It was just very similar to how Bobby and I interacted. And so I'm hopeful that they'll be together for forever. I think they will be too. But Zach and Mindy, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts on them, but what is your take on that couple? I feel for Mindy. I think at this point, she just needs to like throw in the towel. (laughs) I think she's a very patient person. I would have a really hard time asking a question and not getting a straightforward answer like day after day after day. I know every viewer gets so frustrated. Just like, oh my gosh, Zach, just say yes or no. Just, Just answer the question, yes or no. Do you like her or not? That's the frustrating part for me is why hasn't Zach just said, you know what, I'm not into you and I'm not into this experiment anymore. For some reason, he's just stringing along this hope. Really what I think is that he's not attracted to her. I thought he was trying not to hurt her feelings, but I think he's more worried about how he's coming across on TV. I think he thinks in his mind, if he just straight up says, I'm not attracted to you, I don't want to do this, that he's going to look like the bigger asshole when it's <laughs> and opposite. I think that that's not correct I think that he's making it worse by trying to make himself look better yeah you know when you're sitting on the couch it's so easy to sit there and kind of pick apart these things but 
you know, just from the start, like, you know, this girl's parents aren't at the wedding. They oh. don't agree with the show. They don't want to participate. And you're going on this honeymoon and then you're coming home and then you're going to make her feel alone. I lost it after after they got home from the honeymoon and he said he wasn't going to move in. I know. That should be like a 100% requirement. I mean, especially they have two rooms. I don't see what the point of just, if you want to try to make it look like you're putting forth effort, just go live in the second bedroom. Right. I thought it was a requirement, but maybe things have changed. I don't know. Yeah. I never got a choice. No. <laughs> We never had a choice. We couldn't stay in one. We couldn't even stay yeah. in a different place than where we were. And I think it's the effort part. And when you go through the assessments, when you know you put in a lot of work and you want the show, these couples to stay together, you know, not everybody's going to stay together, but you want to see someone that's going to give it a chance and give it a try and follow and trust the process. And it's just from a former cast member. That's the frustrating part for me is not even giving it a chance. 100%. I think that, you know, you've been through it. And I remember being so frustrated watching myself back because, you know, bits and pieces are shown and you're like, that's not how it really was. <laughs> and I'm sure that there's a lot of that that Zach is probably doing too. But it is so hard even going through it, not to sit here and be like, come on, man, yep. come yep. on. So I think it's safe to assume that you don't think that they're going to make it. No, not a chance. <laughs> I think that there's somebody way better out there for Mindy. Yeah, and so how about Brandon and Taylor? You know, I feel like I'm on an emotional roller coaster with them. <laughs> I was, like, so hating on Brandon at first. I'm like, I can't believe he's acting this way. Yep. And then you see the video oh. that she posted. And I think that they probably each have their own set of issues to work through. And I think it's a bummer that they're not willing to work through them together. Yeah. Because I do think that they were attracted to each other. It seemed that way. It seemed like they got along, you know, at a general level. So it's just too bad that they can't come together and, and work through their stuff on their as a couple yeah i totally agree because exactly what you were saying you know brandon is just he's acting almost like a child and he's having these outbursts and you know who gives someone the silent treatment when you're over 20 years old you know even when they were on the honeymoon and then that video comes out and Taylor yeah. posts an Instagram video about her requirements while she's married of the type of man that she's looking for. And then tries to say that she was just setting it up as a joke and she wasn't talking about Brandon. That just knocked me way below how I felt about Brandon. I'm sure she was just frustrated with him in general. It was just maybe her way of being snarky and funny. And I guess whoever's following her probably doesn't know the situation she's in. But, right. you know, now that we all do know it, it doesn't look too good. Yeah, I had them pegged for not staying together at the beginning of the season. And I still think that. Yeah, I mean, I don't it. think there's any way this is working out. Yeah. So Mika and Michael, who is my favorite couple right now. Are they really? Yes, because I just love how Mika handles Michael. It is the greatest response to everything that he says. And, you know, when someone's a liar and you have someone that's not dumb and calls you out on it, it's just so entertaining to me. Yeah, I mean, it really is baffling. I mean, I just don't understand the purpose of not being truthful or straightforward, especially on this platform when everything you say is going to be analyzed by hundreds of thousands of people. Right. Like, you can't lie about stuff like that and think that you're not going to get caught later on. But she just straight up calls him out in the moment. At first, I was like, man, she's really young. I don't know that this is going to be her thing, but she has shown so much maturity and she has stood her ground. And totally. same thing, I think there's going to be somebody way better out there for her 
I think so too. And Married at First Sight is not a show for pathological liars. So <laughs> anybody that does. I mean, who lies about a job? A, a job. I mean, I'm really curious when this all over and, you know, he can finally speak for himself, like what the thought process behind that was. Because, yes. I mean, you had to think that through before you gave an answer. I mean, even the yoga thing, how are you? I need an explanation for that. Uh, yeah. We all need to know, Michael. Yes. And Michael, you have to correct your lies. You have to back up your lies if you're going to make some lies. Yeah. I mean, just own your stuff. I think that this is not a place or a platform to be able to make a mistake. And if you can't own up to it, like you're yeah. not making any progress anywhere else. I know. I had them as a couple that was going to stay together, but clearly I don't see them staying together. I agree with you. I don't think it's working. So the last couple, Derek and Katie, who's the most confusing couple in my opinion. At the beginning, I said for sure they're staying together. They seem so smitten with each other, but I don't know. I think that he has done really well with just being who he is. And I think that as much as I like her, I think that the issues that she's bringing up, to me, they seem like issues that I had when I was like really young, you know, like my early 20s, things that you thought were going to be a really big deal in your life. Like, this is how I want my husband to be when we have kids. And it's just a very young way of thinking. And I think she's making issues that aren't real issues because she hasn't had enough life experience yet. Yeah, it's self-sabotage. Yes. You don't know the other side of things, you know, the stuff that you don't see on TV. But I mean, Derek is trying trying his hardest and he seems like his heart is in it and I just don't understand how she doesn't see that and it's every single thing that he does is getting judged and analyzed and everything goes back to you've never been in love in your life I know it's not that big of a deal no even when he was showing her the items from his past in the garage and then she started you know the poems and yeah it was just very frustrating but I thought they were going to stay together I still think that they have a chance to stay together I do think they have a chance but I am really curious to see how the next couple weeks play out for sure and who knows maybe she's going back with her ex-boyfriend her ex? yeah exactly Well, I won't take too much more of your time, Danielle. I want to say thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for sharing your story about HELP syndrome. And for anybody that does want to reach out to you, where can people find you and Bobby? Well, definitely my Instagram is probably where I'm most active and it's hooked up to an email. So for people that want to, you know, speak privately, there's an email section that goes straight to my cell phone and I'm happy to chat with anybody that has questions about it or has been through it and just wants to talk to somebody else. And what is your Instagram handle? Oh gosh, it's like so (laughs) weird. Okay, so it's underscore Danielle Nicole underscore underscore. (laughs) Gotcha. And how about Bobby? His is Dodds underscore the letter R underscore us. Thanks again, Danielle. And we're very hopeful and pray for a healthy future pregnancy and good health from here. Thanks again for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. All right. You know, Danielle and Bobby were one of, if not the cutest couple on Married at First Sight, but also you were very skeptical because they never fought. But I'm happy to hear that they are a normal couple. They're not robots. And I cannot imagine what they were going through with this help syndrome. That's like the scariest thing ever. I'm just thinking for Jamie, for the baby, I cannot imagine what they were going through. And I'm so happy to hear that they are okay and going strong and not deterred from having and expanding their family in the future. 
Next week, we have Christina Cimarelli, who is a singer and songwriter, but also had recently opened up about having a miscarriage, but has also announced her rainbow baby, and she is now pregnant with her new baby. So we're going to catch up with Christina and talk a little bit about her journey, her struggle, but also tell us a little bit more about being in a band with your sisters and the success that they've had over five million YouTube subscribers just from a family band that put their songs out on YouTube, which is amazing. So we're going to hear her story. Remember to stay up to date on everything Hot Marriage Cool Parents. You can follow us on Instagram at Hot Marriage Cool Parents. I'm at Doug Hainer and Jamie is at Jamie and Otis. And we love you and goodbye. (laughs) 